Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Evening, y'all. Please take a seat on the couch.
And good evening. It's Monday, November 17th, 2014. I'm Vinny Brokeneck Marini, and I welcome you to take a seat on the couch. And happy 84th birthday, Dad. If you love the blues, you should be a member of the Blues Foundation. If you're not, you need to go to www.blues.org today and become a member. Your sponsorship dollars help the Blues Foundation support Blues in Schools programs, bringing the blues to schools around the country. The Heart Fund, which assists blues musicians and their families in financial need. The Sound Healthcare Program, providing medical benefits and insurance programs to professionals in the blues community. The holding of the International Blues Challenge and the Blues Music Awards. Generation Blues, giving scholarships to young men and women so that they can study their instruments and become more proficient. And the building of the Blues Hall of Fame at their headquarters here in Memphis at 421 South Main Street. It's time to help raise the roof. So if you love the blues, help support the organization that is keeping this great art form alive. The Blues Foundation at www.blues.org. Let's all help raise the roof. Music on the Couch is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. So get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash music couch. That's audibletrial.com forward slash music couch. the couch with Vinnie Marini. Hey, this is Bruce Andrews. And George Dudley with Two Blue and the Lucky Stiffs. And you're listening to Music on the Couch with Vinnie Marini, y'all. Now, Rosa Prada says Sunday Wild is the most fascinating singer and songwriter in the blues today. Her latest album, He Digs Me, is playing on radio stations around the globe, including B.B. King's Bluesville. Blues Matters magazine says Sunday's music goes way beyond the 12 bar, but the blues, it still remains. Sunday Wild from up north in Canada to the world. Check out Sunday and all of her releases at www.sundaywild.com. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-W-I-L-D-E.com. At the top of the show, we heard the song All Night from the John Weeks Band uh, off of their new self-titled album. And now I get to welcome John onto the couch. We uh, almost didn't get him there. For some reason, my Skype wouldn't let me bring him into the call so uh, i've got him on his cell phone evening john and thanks for taking his seat on the couch how's it going Everything it's going real well church. excellent excellent absolutely hey john where were you born and raised i was born in paris france as a matter of fact okay and, and uh, i was raised over there spent a lot of time on the east coast as well but you know most of, i guess um, basically half my life was spent in europe so when you were just a young and you know crawling around the on the floor in mom and dad's house, uh, what kind of music did mom and dad play? Oh, dad liked quite classical music. As a matter of fact, uh, we had a lot of that in the house, but we had a lot of Beatles as well and all that. And that's sort of what I heard first. I guess would be the easiest way of putting it. Okay, and uh, at what thing age? That floated my. Sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. Finish that. Finish your thought. No, I say the first thing that floated my boat, really, you know, I started to hear some rock and roll stuff when I was about 10, 10 or 11, and uh, I guess I was dead ever since, if you know what I mean. So, um, what was the first instrument you ever played, and how old were you? Piano. I started when I was six, and stopped when I was about 13 or so. It's a lot easier to move around with a guitar than a piano. 
<laughs> and and at thirteen, is that when you took up the guitar? That's when I started playing. Yeah. And did you take formal lessons for the guitar at that point? I've taken four lessons in my life. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then the rest, the rest was self-taught. That was all self-taught, basically jamming, playing along with with uh, records and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, putting the needle back and forth, back and forth, back and right. forth. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at 13, when you picked up the guitar, what kind of music was getting your attention at that point? Oh, man, it was, it was like harder rock at that point. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, Deep Pur- Purple was one of the first things that really gra- grabbed me. I guess it was the loud, wailing strat. And uh, after that, you know, I started to listen to other stuff. Fillmore uh, East, the all this was one that really got me going. Uh, and a number of other records as well. So, you know, I guess I always was uh, attracted by sort of the in-front sound of lead guitar. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so then, you know, you're 14, 15, 16. Um, you're, still in, you're still in Paris at that time, correct? London, as a matter of fact. Lon- oh, okay. London. And that oh. was a really good place to be a teen, as a matter of fact, in the 70s. So early 70s. Well- what had you moving uh, moving around Paris to London? Well, my dad my my dad had a job. You know, we lived to work overseas because of him. You know, I'm from the U U S. and we're all American, but um, spent a lot of time overseas, as I mentioned. He was working for the Herald Tribune at the time, ah, and uh, okay. he was involved in the press and lots of things like like that. So uh, again, we did a little bit of the back and forth thing, but we did end up in London in 1972. And I was there for about three three years or so, and that's when I really started playing a lot. There was a lot of music happening then. Yeah, I'm sure there was. And you you start playing with your friends and doing the garage band uh, thing. Yeah, doing garage bands, you know that type of thing. Pick up bands, going to a lot of shows, lots and lots of shows. Billy Cobham, I saw like four times at that point. You know, he had great he had a great great band. One, yes, one he did. Band. Yes, he uh, did. Lots yes, he of did. Players. You know. So, yeah, I remember a lot, a lot of shows. Most of my time on weekends was spent going to shows or playing. And, uh, were, you know, when you were playing, were you, had you started to or any of your friends started to write music or was it all cover stuff? No, we we wrote stuff, as a matter of fact. Most of it wasn't real good, but, you know, we made a stab <laughs> at it. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote stuff back then. Uh, still writing now, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, okay, so now you get to the point and you're done with um, high school um, or whatever they actually call it over in London. Uh, and uh, did you end up going? Yeah, did you end up going to college? And where did you go? I was back in the states, Bethlehem, PA. Okay, okay, and yeah. uh, I'm a still playing. East boy as well, so yeah. Still playing, still playing in music still while playing, you were going to school. Yeah, still playing, yeah, I, yeah, I, I played quite a bit. You know, I used to do. You know, again, college, college years are busy, as we all know. Sure. Uh, lots of stuff happening. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I played. I uh, put it like this: I did a lot of stuff in school. I did a lot of stuff back and forth. Um, I really started getting to a point where I was trying to put it together and actually make a living out in the 90s. And so if you skip ahead there, that's kind of where everything went. Uh, yeah. But I played 
and on. I, you know, I stuff happens, if you know what I mean. And um, I had a, a very busy time of it, but when the 90s came along, 1989, as a matter of fact, I decided to make a change and really start to play. So, but, you know, I just, you know, my my listeners always like the nitty gritty and, you know, there's not a lot okay. if you go online and you look up John Weeks, they don't, you know, you don't necessarily find it's a very general bio. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, you graduated college. What was your major in college? Uh, political science. Okay. So you graduate college yeah. and did you, did you end up in back in, over in Europe at that point in time? I did. Well, I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, went back over in 1980. I got a job there working in sales. As a matter of fact, I wasn't working in music at the time, but I always played. Right. Um, and, you know, like a lot, a lot of us, I was doing other stuff and playing at the same time. So I sure. went to Europe in 1980, uh, met my wife, whom I'm still with, as a matter of fact, Cindy. Met her there. Uh, we came back to the U.S. to make a long story short in 1983. Okay. Uh, I lived out west here. I played a little bit, worked and played. Uh, moved back to Europe in 85 and then was in Europe from 85 until about 98. So, um, and then I came back here there... and I've been here in the U.S. ever since. Yeah, and there was the uh, move to Colorado. Was that a business move for you? Yes, it was. Yeah, matter of okay, fact. okay. Um. Before we go on, let's listen to another song from the album. Again, uh, it's a self-titled John Weeks Band album. Talk to us about your song, How Can You Love Me? Oh, boy. Okay, that's a slower blues song. I think we've all been through this kind of thing where nothing is ever good enough for some of someone else. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And uh, that, sort of, that sort of came from that place. That was a place in the past, obviously. Uh, but it was definitely, you know, song songwriting is a way of getting stuff out. You know what I mean? Because there's all this stuff back there, and it could go back a long way. But you sort of capture that moment of that feeling of what you had back then, and you try and put it into place now, into music and words, and that's how this sort of stuff happens. It's sort of snippets of episodes, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. John Weeks Band off of their debut album, and How Can You Love Me?
like anything, anything I do or that I say. For you. What do Victor Wainwright, Bill Wax, and Liz Mandeville all have in common? The answer is they've all contributed recipes 
to the fundraising cookbook, Cooking with Heart. Order yours today at shopbluesfoundation.org. 100% of the proceeds go to the Blues Foundation's Heart Fund, which assists musicians and their families with medical needs. Sitting here with John Weeks from the John Weeks Band. Uh, John is on guitar and vocals. Andres A.C. Sespo? Sespo? Yeah, Sespo. Sespo on keyboards, harmonicas, and vocals. Curtis Hawkins on bass. And Tim Chooch Molinario on drums. Molinaro. Uh, Molinaro. Molinaro. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I misspelled that. I've got a lot of griefs for that one. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah, I'm reading yeah. it like an Italian would read it the way it's spelled. Okay, yeah. so Molinaro. Okay, Molinaro, no. Problem. no. <laughs> yeah. no um, recorded live in the studio July 31st and August 1st, 2014 at uh, Chicago Sound, uh, Colorado Sound Studios in Westminster, Colorado. Engineered and mixed by Nick Sullivan from Colorado Sound Studios. Mastered by Tom Capic from Colorado Sound Studios, and it's produced by John Weeks and Curtis Hawkins. Um, so uh, go check it out, uh, and uh, you can get the album, uh, you know, at all the usual suspects. Um, your bio talks about, uh, at some point, you being influenced by Freddie King to jump into the blues more heavily. Uh, was there a true aha moment for you uh, when it occurred, or was it just a little bit over time? A little bit over time, because I always had a couple of fingers in the pie. Uh uh, but, you know, then I started listening. I, I listened to one of his records. Uh, I, I think it was, uh, it was the one with Pal- uh, Pal- Palace of the King on it. And uh, that really clicked. I mean, that was the real deal. And then after that, I started delving more. and It, it just became apparent that's really what I wanted to do, you know. So uh, that was the initial spark. But I've always tried to put my own twist on stuff. Even if you're playing other people's music and all that, I kind of like to put my own feel on it. But I guess it was Freddie King and, and all that that really sort of got it going uh, from that point of view. Switching out from rock to uh, to the blues. Put it that yeah, way. yeah. Um, so, you know, we're in the... a rock cover band. Okay. No, no, that's okay. No, please. Um, you know, you're the guest. You you need to tell your story. Everybody knows my story. Um, uh, oh, so, I don't. Well, you're living in Paris, uh, you, or I guess at this point it's the 90s, uh, early 90s yeah, back well, in Paris. Let's take it back to the 80s, first of all. Okay. Uh, I, I was doing a lot of drugs at that point. And, uh, you know, I came around, it was like 1987, 88. Uh, my drug of choice was more, pretty much, anything I could put into my body. So mm-hmm. uh, at that point in time, I really woke up and smelled the coffee and said, uh, this has got to stop or else I'm going to die, if you know what I mean. And uh, that was the turning point because after that, I found the connection with the guitar that I'd never found because it all been blurred by the alcohol and the drugs. Sure. So, like, Playing with a, I don't know, like playing with a, with a, I guess with a pillow over your head or something of the kind. I mean, you think it sounded good, but it really didn't. The connection was not there, and I and I had to take away all that in order to have the connection with the instrument. That's yeah, no, and, and, and you know, obviously there's a lot of people who go through that, and you know, while while yeah. they're into that, when they're in, into that mode. Uh, you know, yeah, everything you're doing is great until you listen back to it when you're sober and you realize, 
Wait a second. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you had mentioned 89. You got, uh, you, you, you got clean yeah. and sober. Yeah. That's um, exactly correct. Yes, I did. And okay. then, and then at that point I really started playing in a rock cover band in Paris. Um, did that for a number of years and then went off and started my own blues trio in about 1994. And we were gigging all the time. I mean, gig rats, you know, in Paris. Yeah. It's a city like any other town as far as all that goes. It's a very hard sure. town, as a matter of fact. And you, people visit, if you know what I mean. Sure. No, absolutely. And you uh, had you at that point given up your day job? Uh, to concentrate totally on music? Uh, I had actually very minimal work in the day, and it was really, as I say, it was, it was, it was about music. It was about music. And frankly, uh, yeah, I, for quite a while there, I was not working. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you're doing that. You're in Paris to mid-'90s. At what point, then, did you um, come back over to the United States for good? Came back in 98. Um, music has a toll on things. I, I was gigging all the time, basically pretty much four or five nights out of the week. In the summer, I was on the road. I was doing vacation clubs. I was doing festivals in the summer. Same type of things that folks do do here. Sure. Um, but so basically, I was absent from home for about five years or so, and that sometimes can have a little bit of a negative effect. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it did, and it, and it, it, it had its toll, and so. We had an opportunity to um, make a fresh start, so to speak, and decided to pick up everything and move to the States and start fresh. And that oh, was yeah. in 1998. And that was back to Denver, correct, at that time? Or did, was, was there an interim city before Salt, Denver? Salt Lake City. I got okay. a job offer that you can't refuse, put it like that. And I took that, that up. And at that point, I let music go for a little while. I mean, I was playing, you know, I was in a pickup band and playing maybe a gig every month or maybe every month and a half just to keep my hand in. Sure. But, uh, you know, family, kids, all that. Yep, you know? yep. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. you know, the most important part of your life, uh, um, you know, unless you decide that, you know, the music is and then you give that up, but then you end up missing that at some point. So, you know, good good on you for, for making the right decision. Well, then not. Totally mutually exclusive, you know. No, they don't have to be. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, they I mean, don't yeah. have to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know lots of musicians that have been married for as long long as me. I've been married thirty, 30 years now, uh, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But you know, uh, but uh, as I say, I've I've known people that have you know that have made it all the way through. I've, and I know plenty that that haven't for sure. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, it's you know. It's different for everybody. So you're in Salt Lake City and you're working. At what point do you then um, make that move to uh, Colorado again and get and come back to Colorado? In 2003, I got okay. sent here from your job. And, and in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, you might find this amusing. In the meantime, I pretty well figured I was cured from any any issues with drinking. So I decided that you know I could pick up a drink in 2000. And um, I guess I really had to prove to myself that this was not a good idea. And I did that really well. So um, from 2000 to about zero five, um, there was a wall in the music, put it like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in that time, during that time, you, you moved to Denver and you, you resettle yeah. in, you know, back in that city. 
uh, and you're, you're not playing 2005, now you get sober again? Yep, exactly. Okay, okay. And you started getting into the music and all uh, a little bit more, uh, yep. but, but, uh, but continuing to work. Now, I know that it was um, you, you were part of the Bluesinators at one point. Now, I know they began in 2011. Were you part of that original lineup? No. No, okay. No, I started okay. as they have actually. Uh, I found that most of the people I found here, most of the people I know, I meet via the avenue of jams. You know, I started going out to jams. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, you know, they talk about, hey, this band is looking for this, or this band is doing that, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I tried out with this other band, and, and it worked great. I mean, and so I was a fit, and we worked together for a couple of years, I believe. Okay. okay. Maybe a year, cool. a year, a year and a half. It was a fun band, you know. Mm-hmm. Big horn band. I mean, you're talking about yeah. seven, eight, nine guys. And that's right. A yeah, they were. That's a, big, yeah. that's a big bus, you know. Yeah, that's a. They would jump blues sound, I think. And uh, you went from them and was Papa Juke uh, the next stop for no. you? No. Okay. No. Cedar Avenue Blue Blues Band was the next next stop. As a matter of fact, I formed oh, that okay. band with Scott called Melanie Owen. Right. Uh, and we had a really good uh, good run of it for about three three years, I guess. And she fell in love and decided to move out of town. Mel, are you listening? So that was the end of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did, I did see. I did get to that to the Cedar Avenue mm-hmm. Blues uh, Band website where you know it says you know no longer together. We've gone in different directions. And I, you know, there's uh, uh, your album on there, and then I guess it's hard. Is she making music with the band? And there's a yeah, uh, she's making yeah, music with yeah. a band called Groove, uh, Groove Tramps. Right. Out yeah. There Seattle. you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Papa Juke came in at some point, and they're certainly uh, a totally different sound from you know, say Papa Juke. And I'm not really sure where Cedar Avenue Blues Band was, but Papa Juke was more of a uh, really a rootsier, swampier band, correct? Yeah, kind of. Uh, yes. It was, they're very, a very good band as well, and they're they're doing well. Uh, all the all these folks are good good friends of mine. Um, yeah, Papa Juke was a little more roots. Uh, Mad Dog plays the harp; he's really good on the harp. So there's a lot of harp, a little bit of a swamp feel. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that's a very very good uh, good way of putting it. As a matter of fact. Okay. Um... Uh, Peggy Jamison is in the chat room, by the way, and she's been uh, she's she's been punched. Uh, Peggy Jamison, she's from out your oh, way. Okay. Hi, Peggy. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she said Cedar Avenue Blues Band was good with an exclamation point. So, uh, and good. you know, I'm again, yeah, again, checking your resume and trying to find out more about you. You've played with bands like the Resonators and KB2. Um, and from what I know of, you know, the little I know of that area, these are bands with pretty solid reputations for, you know, yes. being yeah. good, good, good organizations. Um, you know, good not bands. Yeah. I hired gun roll for a little um, So, yes, I would get called up to fill in on gigs, um, which I did a lot of last year. I played a lot of gigs, but I was really with, like, Essentially, three or four bands at a time, so that'll keep you pretty busy. Yeah. Now, are you still working at your full time, your day job? No, I'm independent now. I don't have a okay. job per se. I'm an independent rep. I work in sales. I do. Uh, I I uh, actually market windows and siding for a company here. 
Uh, it's perfect because it allows me to do what I want to do as far as the music goes. And uh, obviously, one does have to pay a bill every now and then and allows <laughs> to keep me current on everything, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, what is it, about a year and a half ago you, you, or less than that? You actually, earlier this year, you started, uh, you put this band this, together. This what format you... started in March. Um, March. I started last year. We started the band last year. You know, bands, it's got to be a fit. And so we started it out and things weren't gelling quite as well as I thought they should have. And uh, so the format that we are in now, uh, with the exception of Michelle, who's just coming on board, was really has been put into place since March. Okay, yeah, and I was going to just bring that up, that uh, you've got a new band member who just really came on, what, in the last month or so? Yeah, really recently. She officially started on November 1st. She's a great singer. Uh-huh. She's really good. A lot of okay. presence. Uh, I just felt it would add another dimension to the band. Uh, the, the core of the band, in my feeling, it really is the groove, that back groove that we got with Curtis and Chooch and a couple other people that come in. Curtis is a very, a very busy boy as well, so from time to time he has other things which he has to do, and then we have people sub in, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot, a lot of bands. And, right. But um, we have this really driving, very solid groove in the back, and then the, on the front end of the band you've got the interplay in between AC and me, and that's that's actually pretty good the way that came about. AC came to a jam. You know, I host jams on an ad hoc basis. Uh, you know, it's fun. I get to play with other folks. It's just something. It's 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 very it's a very positive thing. So AC came in and sat in at a jam, and I said to myself, Jesus Christ, this is really good. And so uh, I just invited him immediately after and said, hey, if you want to keep this thing, you know, rolling, rolling, you know, let's, let's do it. And he said, yes, and bingo, off we go. It's been all awesome yeah, races cool. ever since. That's yeah, cool that when those things happen at, the, at jams. Oh, I've, I've, I've known of other situations where that's how it all came about. So uh, it's uh you know, you kind of yeah. you you get that feeling. Um, so, was it was it your intention to find a female vocalist to add to this mix, or did Michelle just sort of pop up? Well, yes and no. Um, we had wavered on that point for a while. Um, a, because as you know, on a practical basis, a four-person band is a lot easier to manage, run, and and work with than a five-person band. But Michelle is so good that it really became apparent that it would be silly to not have her in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. And we've had people sit in. For example, we're a very open band. So we have people come in and play all the time. I'm not. I'm, I'm really open about that kind of thing. Uh, we have people sit in at gigs. Uh, we invite people in to do a set with us just to keep it new and fresh. Sure. And um, we aren't static. Uh, so... Michelle had come in. She had sat in for a set. Uh, she came recommended to me also by a friend of mine that manages a bar here, um, Car- uh, Carla Ziggy's. So she came recommended, and I'd seen her, and I knew of her, and um, we had met, uh, but we never really chatted. So, But I invited her in to sit in on a set. We did a couple of gigs, whereupon she would just do a set, and it just became apparent that it would be a really good fit to have her on an ongoing basis. Cool, 
cool and uh gives you an excuse to get back in the studio to to cut some more songs um, that's compulsion yes this whole thing has been great i mean this whole this whole process i've learned a lot with it uh it's not the first time i've done it it's the first time i've done it to this extent though i mean doing really trying to do it right if you know what i mean sorry i yeah. should keep saying that I mean, no no just, yeah. um now on this album, uh, you wrote three of the songs alone. Uh, you wrote three with AC, and you wrote one with Curtis. Uh, do yes. you have a do you have a routine when you're writing, or do your songs get birthed in different ways? Well, what we do actually, we don't rehearse a lot. Uh, so what I do is I come up with a theme, or AC will come up with a theme, and we'll like send MP3s back and forth. And that's the way a lot of these things got done, as a matter of fact. I'm not really good at writing words, or at least I, I haven't done a lot of it. I've written a lot of music. Uh, AC came up with the words on three, three of the songs, and he came up with a majority, that fourth song, the uh, one I want to get back home, which you may play or not. But he came up with really the, uh, the, the whole front line on that song, and I just I kind of placed the back end of it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, are you are you looking forward forward looking to uh, getting together and doing more songwriting together, or is this? Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. It's yeah. been really busy as a way. I mean, we are playing a lot. Uh, we have an ongoing gig every week at a club called Jazz at Jacks here, which is okay. a talking club. Uh, and uh, so, and we've been playing a lot, and then there's been the whole CD process and the marketing and the PR on that, which you are aware right. of. Yes. And uh, so it's been busy, but I'm looking forward to getting to a point. I really think after the first of the year, I mean, is when we're going to get back to it and really start writing. I've got some ideas now. I mean, I came up with a song last night, just as a jam, bingo. And cool. I just said, well, this works well, so I'm going to keep mm-hmm. it you know? And just so you know that uh, that uh, pr- promotion, uh, that guy's in the chat room right now. So, uh, Frank, how you doing? Frank, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Um, geez, geez, are you a goal setter? Do you have you like sat down and really thought about what your goals are for 2015? My goal is to always take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. What form okay. that is going to take, I don't know. How exactly it's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, these are things I don't have any control over. So I figure as long as I can put into place what I can in order to make it as good as possible and do what I have to do in order to help the thing grow and expand, then uh, that's about all all that I can do. But I'm always pushing to try and take it up. Cool. Cool. Um, and Frank says uh, he's working and listening. So there you go. Um, good. Is he not? I Yeah. The name of the band is John Weeks Band, and they're out of the Denver, Colorado area. You can find out more about them at www.johnweeksband.com. J O H N W E E K S band.com. Uh, we're going to. We have time for one last song from the album. Um, I, I did not pick. Uh, uh, I want. I, I want to get you back home. I think that's the one you mentioned. But I did decide yeah. to play to play one of the songs that you wrote with Andres. Uh, you never say what you mean. So tell us about yeah, that song, please. 
Uh, that actually, I just found that to be a really cool minor blues thing. And, again, that was a thought where I said, okay, I don't have any particular thought about what kind of words or what kind of story I want to tell with this. So let's pass it off. And AC, put the words to it, and off we go. That was it. There you go. But it has a really nice feel to it. I wanted something a little different. The whole idea of the album, if I may just say, was – to try and get a variety and different blues feel for each song while still staying with the, with, within the realm of the blues. Mm-hmm. And I think he did okay. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, again, uh, John Weeks Band, uh, you can check out their album. Uh, it's uh, uh, www.johnweeksband.com. Go on over to the website. And you can uh, uh, you can buy the album right from there, I believe. And I know it's uh, you know yep. iTunes, iTunes, and all the other usual suspects. Uh, Peggy just keeps saying in the chat room, "Great band, uh, great band." So you know, there you go. That's a recommendation from somebody who knows the band really well. Uh, John, I really okay. appreciate you taking time for to come on and and yeah, hang with me this night. I want to give a big shout out to Mr. Jim Jim Drake who. Uh, who built some very fine uh, access here for us. He built a telly for uh, for me that I use, use all the time. And I would also like to give a big shout-out to the guys in the band as well who might be on the air or listening. Cool, cool. Uh, you, much luck to you guys. And Frank, and, uh, Frank hopefully we'll get the man, Frank, the man. <laughs> Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back when the, when you've got new music with Michelle and everything. Uh, you all come back and uh, visit with us again. Thank you. It's, it's been fun. Appreciate it. Absolutely. John Weeks Band, you never say what you mean. They're musicians you should know.
John Weeks Band, Never Say What You Mean. Kelly's Lot weaves a variety of Americana styles on a blues and rhythm foundation. Together for 19 years, they just released their ninth CD, Don't Give My Blues Away, and it's a collection of 12 originals that will captivate your musical soul. Led by Kelly Zerbys, Kelly's Lot has toured the U.S. and Europe, bringing their high-energy shows to their fans wherever they live. Check out all things Kelly's Lot. Buy their music, follow their tour schedule, and get some of their swag at www.kellyslot.com, K-E-L-L-Y-S-L-O-T.com. Kelly's Lot, blues and the music that was inspired by it. Hi, everybody. This is Doug McLeod, and I'm here to let you know that you're listening to Music on the Couch, Musicians You Should Know, with your host, Vinnie Bonmarini. You've worked hard getting your music recorded. Now you need to get it into the right hands. It's time to contact Frank Rozak, the 2014 Keeping the Blues Alive Award recipient for publicist. In the industry over 30 years, Frank has helped build the careers of stars like Elvin Bishop, Bob Cartar, Candy Kane. And now he's working with some of the best in the blues today. My last guest, uh, as a matter of fact, and the guest about to come up. Uh, Frank's got all your marketing needs covered, offering radio and press promotion for artist releases and tour support, including extensive media coverage. Contact 2014 Keeping the Blues Alive recipient for publicist Frank Rozak at frozak2003 at yahoo.com. That's F-R-O-S-Z-A-K-2003 at yahoo.com. And you can check out his roster of success stories at www.frankrozakpromotions.com. Okay, folks, I've been teasing about this for a couple of weeks on Facebook. I've talked about it here on the air. Um, I'm really, really excited. Uh, tonight at the end of the show, I'm going to flip the switch, and there will be an entirely brand new Music on the Couch website. It's not going to look anywhere, anything close to what the old one is. Uh, it's a cleaner look. It's uh, more organized. There are different segments for the Monday shows, for the IBC shows, uh, for uh, festival partnership, for my the booking and uh, pay, uh, really nice uh, EPKs for all of the artists, um, for tour support, for everything else that Music on the Couch is going to offer you. Uh, you'll be able to see it, like I said, probably by 1230 Central Time tonight. So when you wake up in the morning, you can go over and look. It's taken me about three months to move all of the shows from the old site to the new site. That's been the biggest build of the whole thing. Um, I really love the template that I that I bought and uh, and I'm using, and uh, I think you will too because uh, it's not going to be anywhere near as cluttered as the old Music on the Couch website. It it was really good. It really helped me get through the first few years of the show, but we needed to move move forward. This is not a blog a blogger type of template. This is a true, true website with multiple pages, lots and lots of pages. Uh, all the shows are uh, organized by month uh, that they appeared in. Um, there will be a, you can go by month and you can go to a specific month right from the front page of the music shows. Uh, there will also be a listing of artists by name. So you can click on their name and you can go to the, their shows. If they've been on multiple shows, you can click on, their name a number of different times and find all the shows. I'm really, really, really excited. This is, uh, it's all going to still be musiconthecouch.com, Frank. The URL has not changed. Um, that's not going to change. It's all the same thing. Uh, I'm just got to just transfer the, the direct 
from the old website to the new one, and that should take place immediately. There shouldn't be a three- or four-day thing because I'm leaving it on the same server that it's on now. I'm just moving the new template into place. So um, there's also a comment page. I'd love you when you go over there and check it out. If you, uh, if you, um, you know, leave a comment on the comment page, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like, tell me if you find errors because, you know, I've, my, my eyes are crossed sometimes working on this. Uh, I've been up at three o'clock in the morning working on this at, at times just because I wake up and I decide that I need to do something. I need to do it and I need to do it right then. Um, I actually worked on it this morning. Uh, for about four hours to move the last 10 shows over to the site and to clean up the 2015 IBC page so that those are ready to go because that's the most important thing right now, the shows and uh, the um, IBC shows coming up. Um, like I said, there's still going to be tweaking going on, uh, but for the most part, the site is there. It's going to be really cool. Musiconthecouch.com, same as it always was. Uh, and now I welcome in uh, Mark Demizio. And guitarist and CP Love, the vocalist from For Real. Uh, and evening, gents. M Mark, did I pronounce it correct? Yes, she did. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen often. Hey, you know, Paisan, you know. Um, and Chef Jimmy, Chef Jimmy asked me to give you guys a, a hello, so uh, I'll do that right at the top so I don't forget. Um, the say. other bit. And I will just mention the other members of the band, uh, David Hyde, who's on bass, and Johnny Neal on keyboards um, on the album. Um, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate the two of you taking some time and coming in and, and sitting down with me tonight. Uh, Mark, where were you born and raised, and what kind of music did your parents play before you could reach the knobs on the stereo or radio? I was born in uh, Philadelphia. Ah. And uh, mostly I just listened to... Uh, rock and roll so I heard blues about 14 years old okay. I think it was John nice. Winter and uh, after that you know explored the rest of the blues absolutely but, and uh, C CP what about yourself where were you born and raised and what kind of music did you did your parents play in your home oh hello how you doing good I'm fine how are you all right um uh, Go back a long ways. Uh, I guess the first was probably back in 1957, and throughout that, uh, I used to listen at Buster Brown, uh, Willie Hightower, Sam Cooke, and I started playing guitar at 15 and uh, working in a band. And a lot of the stuff we used to do was from the old school at that time that was new. And uh, came through the ranks and uh, ran into guitar players that was much better than me. <laughs> so I started singing, and I've been singing ever since. Now, I, I found that you, you, you started playing guitar at 12, CP, um, but was that the first instrument you ever played, or had you played something else? You know, was there, a, you know, a piano in your no. background or a violin? Yeah, piano. I started playing guitar at 15. Okay. And... And uh, then after guitar, I went to bass. Right. And when I started writing, I started playing keyboard. And I did one album with somebody on uh, organ back in the old days. But oh, cool. uh, playing bass and singing, I was a little uncoordinated. So I stuck to singing more than playing. So I kind of let it 
let it go, let the instrument go other than when I use it to write. Okay, okay. Mark, what about you? What was the first instrument you ever played, and how old were you uh, when you started playing an instrument? I think the first instrument was uh, piano, but uh, that didn't last too long. I was about 12, and uh, then I switched to guitar. been playing that ever since. What what made you want to play guitar at 12 years old? What uh, music were you listening to? Um, at that time, it was rock and roll, rock blues, and uh, it was mostly really guitar-oriented, so I always wanted to be that guitar player. Okay, okay, cool. Um, did you have formal lessons, or did you were you self-taught? Uh, I had formal lessons, okay. all different kinds of lessons when I was younger. Um, then later on, you get, you know, mostly self-taught showed by somebody else cool let's um play a song from the album uh the album is heavy water uh tell us about uh this is a song you two wrote together tell us about what can i do uh oh what can i do uh mark had the tracks already recorded and uh we needed to put some words on it and uh so I went home, and uh, we had to go back in the studio at the end of the week. And uh, so I came up with the words of what can I do for you, and that's how that happened. For real, uh, off of the Heavy Water album, and what can I do? <laughs>
what it brings to each other And what is there is for me CP. Uh, Mark, um, you, you know, you mentioned that you started playing guitar and you were listening to rock. Were there specific bands that you were really listening to and uh, trying to emulate as you started to play? Yeah, w- one of the first rock bands I heard was Johnny Winter, which is kind of when I heard blues. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, I kind of switched and started more. Uh, leaning more towards blues artists. You know, I found a lot of blues artists through Johnny Winter. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, and uh, as you became a teen, were you doing the garage band thing? And uh, and uh, were you guys uh, doing any writing, or was it mainly cover? I think it was mainly cover at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you call it writing. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, we mainly did uh, cover songs, and then... Uh, then I started to get into like uh, Buddy Guy and Albert Collins, and uh, you know, yeah. a lot of other older blues artists. Yeah, uh, CP, uh, you mentioned you know playing bass guitar and all. I think that that you started with the bass when you uh, joined Benny and the Creoles, correct? Uh, wow, how do you know about that? <laughs> I do my Little I do my homework. Is- yeah, a little bit in the Creoles. I was playing guitar. Okay. That's when I started guitar with little Benny. Uh, when I started playing bass, I had uh, moved out of that area, and I was in another area of of, uh, of New Orleans, which is uh, the West Bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to do a gig every Monday at my cousin's place. And uh, that's when I was playing bass. And after a while... Uh, we hired a bass player, and I just started singing from uh, from that point on. Yeah, yeah. Now you you really hadn't been singing a lot, you know. Before you hadn't done a lot of singing. Did you when you started to get in front of the microphone? Um, did you feel at home? Did it feel more comfortable than you know playing an instrument for you? Uh, did it feel comfortable just singing? Yeah. Was it more comfortable for you when you started just singing instead of playing an instrument? Yeah, I know. It was comfortable because I was more coordinated without the instrument. Right. But the 
uncomfortable thing is I was naked up there. <laughs> so I okay. had to be uh, standing up there without anything. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I I tend to I try to do I try to do homework so you know I can you know uh, find out more things about y'all and we can have a real good conversation. Mark, you're a little tougher than CP is um, as far as that's concerned. Your bio uh, and uh, things that I found are really general. So you know, talk about what happened. You know, you got out of high school. Did you did you go to college uh, at all, or did you continue just working and playing? Uh, just uh, about a year or two. Okay. And uh, I was always playing, and then I guess it was uh, about 1970 or uh, 97. I moved to New Orleans okay. to get exposed to a little bit more music. And then uh, I was here playing with a lot of New Orleans R&B people, learning that newer music. And uh, I think I was here maybe three years when I first met CP. Okay. Cool. Played with him and a few other people around town, like uh, Baby Wolf, Brian Lee. But uh, I've always been a side man, so it's been kind of buried. Yeah, it's funny. I'm really uh, talking to both of you. I mean, uh, trying to match up uh, points in your careers, and we're going to eventually get there because, uh, you, know, I, you know, you're just talking about what you were doing in the 90s. CP, I know back in the 70s, you were doing uh, the, the Malico stuff. Uh, you, you started going up to Jackson, and uh, I was actually in uh, Macomb this weekend um, with my friend Mick Colossa, who I see is just in the chat room, uh, and we were at uh, Mr. Sip's uh, first annual homecoming, and he's uh, working on an, an album for Malico right now. But uh, you, uh, you, you did the Malico thing, and then you ended up back on Bourbon Street doing a lot of years of playing the clubs in Bourbon Street. Uh, and what I found was that uh, you kind of stopped doing that uh, and you got turned off by that when it went non-union and it became harder for musicians to make money. Um, and then is that what made you move out to the West Coast? Uh, yeah, it, that's one reason. Uh, the, the union thing, yeah, that's true. But uh, at the time that I left and went on the West Coast, I really was ready to get off of Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. And it was uh it was, you know, very hectic and long hours and uh it was, you know, one of those things that I was just ready to get away from it. And uh went to California and got into some good things out there and I uh, put a band together and we started doing the Pelican Chain and uh a lot of festivals and then went overseas. And came back and I started doing openings for Lil Anthony, the Drifters, the Coasters, a lot of different people like that with uh with Mike Ravinius, big band out of Santa Rosa. Okay. So yeah, it just started to pull, come together for you on the West Coast, so yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to play another song from the album, uh, Heavy Water Mark. This is a song that you wrote, um uh Tater. Uh tell us about tell us about how this song got born. Uh, this song, song got born from uh, a bass line David Hyde had. And then uh, that theme kind of came from uh, John Smith. So okay. This was actually a collaboration of three of us. Very cool. Uh, from the album Heavy Water. This is so real and tater. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, this is Jeff Jensen from Memphis, Tennessee, and you're listening to Music on the Couch with your host, Vinny Marini. Sitting here with Mark and CP from For Real. Uh, the album is Heavy Water. Uh, Mark is on guitars, David Hyde on bass, Johnny Neal on keyboards, Dow Burgess and Alan Robinson on drums, John Smith on tenor sax, Ward Smith on baritone sax, uh, Barney Floyd on trumpet. Uh, Rick Lawson uh, sings vocals on uh, four of the songs and CP Love on five of the songs. Uh, the exec pro- uh, Mark is the executive producer. Uh, it was produced by Mark and David Farrell and David Hyde. It was recorded at David Farrell Studios in New Orleans. David Farrell was the engineer uh, and recorded guitars, vocals, bass, horns, and percussion. Uh, also in Straight Up Studios in Nashville, Dennis Gully, the engineer, where they recorded the keyboard and the drums. Um, so you can check them all out. Uh, great, great album. You got to, got to definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. Um, Mark, you, 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 you mentioned, uh, you, you performed with, uh, uh, a number of different people down in New Orleans, uh, Henry Gray and, uh, uh, Brian Lee, who's, uh, has sat on the couch and, and, uh, a couple mm-hmm. of times here. Uh, and that certainly opened up, uh, quite a few doors for you, uh, over the years, did it not? Actually, uh, Brian was more towards the end of uh, that. I had played with uh, CP for some years, and uh, that's where I met Brian. Uh, okay, okay. We played at a blues club uh, where we played five days a week, and Brian played uh, one of the other shifts. It was three shifts a day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so Brian and I had heard each other, you know, knew each other for a long time. But sure. uh, then I played with Kapori, uh, Baby Wolf. And then um, later on with uh, Brian. And then I got to do that recording with him with uh, all those great people. Buddy Guy and Duke Revelard and Wayne, uh, Kenny Wayne Shepard. Um, you know, during all this time playing with all of these different artists, what, what was the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> Uh, it still comes from CP, uh, to, uh, probably be quiet and listen. <laughs> that's a, that's a good, that's a good lesson. That's definitely a good lesson. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> CP, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, he still has to tell me that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, CP eventually came back to New Orleans. What 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 year was that when you finally came back from the West Coast? Um, right at the turn of the millennium, right at 2000. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And and talk about getting together and putting it, you know, putting this band together and how it all came about. Well, I think Mark can take the beginning of it. Yeah, it started out with a, a project that David Hyde had taught me into doing. It was a solo project. And uh, he introduced me to Johnny Neal. And then um, when it came time for vocals, um, I got TP involved. And then we decided to, we had a good time to make us into a project, trying to have a band out of it. And, uh, that's kind of where CP took off with it. Yeah. Um, t- talk about, talk about, you know, um, 
And again, you know, the fact that uh, you've got Rick Lawson on some of the vocals and CP on the others. How did that all come about? How did that all, how does that all mesh together? I know CP's the guy that when you guys are playing out live, uh, he's, the, he's, he's the man up front of the, the band. But where did Rick come in? Well, what it was is it started out as a solo project, and Rick was singing some songs. Uh, we went to uh, Johnny Neal's studio in Nashville and recorded eight tracks. And uh, Rick sang some of those tracks. And uh, when we came back to New Orleans to uh, finish up the tracks, uh, that's when I got CP involved. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, that's when he did the five songs he's doing. Cool. Cool. And I guess since the album has been uh, recorded, uh, David Berard has now joined the band on bass, correct? Yes, David Berard's come with us. Cool. Is this the, is that the lineup that you you know you you you've I don't know if the word settled on is the correct phrase, but is that the the, the lineup you guys want to go forward with? Yes, definitely. That, that's yeah. the touring band, and uh, David Berard is is part of for real. It's uh, cool. David, CP, and I. Now, uh, CP, you guys are all, I mean, you've all been, you know, you're all busy musicians and whatnot. Uh, I, I presume you still have other things going, but is for real, uh, you know, the main event in your in your, in your your life at this point in time? Uh, the, main, the main, in my life? Yeah, I mean, you know, and then, Mark, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm asking you the same question, but, you know, I mean, you guys are all, uh, all have, I mean, Johnny has, you know, so many projects he's working on. Mark, I, I know you're one of the sought-after sought guys down in that whole New Orleans uh, area. I mean, the one thing I kept finding is, you know, had to, I'm trying to think of the word because I didn't write it down, but solid and dependable and, uh, you know, in the pocket. I mean, you're the guy uh, as far as so many people are concerned. So I'm sure you get called on a lot to do things. Um uh, so is I mean you know what how does how does for real work into your musical lives at this point in time? Um, well, for CP and I, it, it's it's really all we're doing right now. Okay. Um, David is pretty much doing um, a couple of gigs here and there until we get started after the first of the year, uh, which is kind of what Johnny's doing. Johnny's settling up. Um, some commitments he has. And um, then after the first of the year is when we're um, going to get really get started. Charting out, uh, charting out a tour and uh, getting out on the road and bringing the music to the people. Yeah. And making uh for real priority for all of us. Cool. That's, that's, that, that's good news. Um, you know, cause sometimes these things happen and, you know, but uh, you know, then you all get pulled in different directions and it never comes to fruition, you know, for, for, for a real thing. And, you know, from you know, I got people in the chat room who you know have just been digging the uh, digging digging the music we're playing, and you know it's, it's certainly uh, certainly some special stuff that you guys got going. So I'm glad to hear that you're you know it's it's, it's become your it is your priority at this point in time. Um, oh, thanks a lot, Benny. Sure. Uh, let's start with CP with this one. CP, uh, you've been in the business for so many years. Talk about the good changes you've seen and so, and, and the bad changes you've seen in the in the music business because there have been so many, uh, especially in the last ten fifteen years. Well, uh, I I would say you know the music a lot of the music has changed and I guess that comes with generations. Um, 
but coming up with listening to that music and doing music that we were doing, it had more of a body to it. It had more meaning and, you know, more structured, uh, more about life, about stories, about the truth. And I guess I'm not knocking any other music at all, but uh, it seemed like a lot of music has changed, that a lot of that is missing uh, on some music, not all, but mm-hmm. some of the music in this generation, uh, some of the, the the body of it is missing, the, the meaning, the soulfulness of it. And yeah. that's kind of what I see. And Mark, for you, both 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 the music itself, and also uh, maybe even talk maybe a little bit about the the way the business has changed. I mean, with social media and the way you get the word out about uh, the bands, and uh, the way the clubs have changed, and all. Um, you know, what are your feelings on all of that? Uh, I think the social media seems to tie up even more of our time. Uh, you know, it's something you have to do. It's it's a good good way to get your deeds out there and get stuff out about you. It's just, uh, I think there's less venues to play. You know, yeah. it seems like every year there's less and less venues to play. So it, uh, it kind of makes it challenging. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, in the genre of the, uh, you know, blues and, and the like it's, it, it certainly has happened. I mean, we've, you know, we lost three venues and, you know, over the summer, uh, who had to close their doors, you know, that were all really big blues venues. So it's, and, you know, I talked to so many musicians who have been playing a long time, like you guys. And, and I, I hear probably more often than not uh, that, you know, they were making more money in the seventies and eighties than they are today when they go out to play gigs, uh, which is just, <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> just, it seems so, it seems so bizarre to think about that, but you know, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, uh, it, you hear it enough, you know that it's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you guys aren't performing, uh, do you have a hobby that uh, helps keep you sane in this insane world that you live in, uh, Mark? Uh, I like to mess around with motorcycles. Okay. I did was, see uh, I did see somebody ask you if you wanted to go back in a time machine. Uh, I, one of the things was you wanted to buy a panhead, right? Yeah, that guy uh, asked me if I a specific year I wanted to go back. So uh, I wanted to get a couple of old Gibsons from uh, 63 and a Panhead. <laughs> yeah. CP, what about you? Do you have any hobbies? Yeah, I, I enjoy writing. Uh, I've written a lot of stuff that I have, you know, kind of in my little library. And sometimes ideas will come and I'll quickly uh, turn on the keyboard and put them down. And uh, I enjoy reading a lot. Right now I'm uh, kind of more or less taking care of myself, uh, you know, to uh, kind of be ready, be ready for the first of the year. What kind of what kind of things do you write? What what kind of sub, you know what what's your uh, what's your genre in writing? Well, I enjoy writing about the past. I enjoy writing about uh, different things that have come up uh, and write it into a song. And sometimes I'll put the music behind it. And uh, and then I enjoy writing uh, 
spiritual things, and I enjoy writing gospel. And oh, I've got quite a few gospel I've written. And uh, it's something I enjoy doing a lot. Cool, cool. Um, if you want to find out more information on these guys, you can check out their website. It's forrealband.com, F-O-R-E-E-L, band.com. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking time out tonight and coming on and uh, sitting with me and giving us a little bit more insight into the two of you and the band and, you know, where you guys are going. Uh, I'm sure the tour schedule will be up on the site once you start to lock it all down and uh, hopefully you'll get down in the Memphis area. Would love to, I'd love to come out and get a chance to see you and hopefully meet you guys while you're, uh, while you're in the area. That'll be a lot of fun. That'd be great. Yeah, cool. Uh, we're going to play one last song from the album. The album, again, is Heavy Water. Mark, you wrote this one with Rick Lawson. Uh, tell us about, uh, and this is one of the songs he sings. Uh, tell us about the song Blues, please. Um, blues, yeah, was a, what we also call a Waffle House song. Uh, <laughs> Rick, wrote that, Rick wrote that the morning before we went in the studio at the Waffle House. I mean, oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> The, the music we had written um, the day before, and we came in, and Rick had those words and by the end of breakfast. That's cool. the Waffle House. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the, the traveling bands home away from home. The <laughs> Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, guys, again, thank you so much, um, and uh, you know, much luck to you. The band is for real. They're musicians you should know, and from their debut album, uh, which is entitled Heavy Water, this is called Blues. Just the other day 
Mitchard has been sharing his blues with visitors to Nashville and around the globe for some 25 years and 11 albums. 
His latest album is entitled Live My Life, and on it, Stacy shares seven originals and five covers that will have you smiling from note one until the end. Recorded to capture a rootsy vibe, the band was all in one the band was all in one room with vintage microphones and everything was laid down on two inch analog tape. The result is a departure from his mostly soul blues flavored catalog, reflecting Mitch Hart's deepening connection with the genre's primal Mississippi roots. Go to www.stacymitchhart.com. That's S T A C Y M I T C H H A R T dot com and check out his schedule, buy his music including Live My Life. Hey, this is Billy Thompson, and you're listening to Music on the Couch with your host, Vinnie Marini. Sometimes I try to click those buttons without looking, and I miss them. Uh, Music on the Couch is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. They're a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at my special URL, which is audibletrial.com forward slash music couch, you can get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of service. Check out Somebody to Love, The Gray Slick Bio, or Making Music Your Business, A Guide for Young Musicians. Uh, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash music couch and get your one free audio book and one month of service. You know, all you touring musicians, when you're in the van and you're tired of listening to the drummer, bitch and moan, you can always just put your buds in and uh, listen into your book. I said drummer, Sonny. I did. I wasn't talking about you. It's uh, just, you know, what is what it is. Um, two Couch Kid new music segments this evening. Uh, it's that time of the year. A lot of new music coming out. And I'm going to welcome back uh, Mr. Tommy Talton to the couch. His new album is entitled Until After Then. And from that, this is the title song. Thank you. 
title track until after then from my guest Tommy Talton. Tommy, welcome back to the couch. Hey, Vinny. Sounding good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um uh talk about what's been going on in your world since you last sat with us back in February. Uh yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Last time we talked, I think I was in Daytona and called you about uh, I forgot what the news was. <laughs> You had, but, uh, uh, I think, was it the DVD that was coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, a DVD of, of a live gig in uh, Lakeland, Florida that I did back in uh, February, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, how I spent my summer vacation, that's what this <laughs> album is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was fun. I mean, uh, you know, I, I did the... The uh, CD before this was Let's Get Out of Here two years right. ago, and I started that project on May 7th in 2012, and uh, when May rolled around in 2014, I thought, man, it'd be cool to just start a new one on May 7th of 2014, so that's what I did. That's cool. I went over to May 7th, I went over to David Keith, uh, uh, who plays drums in, in my band, and with many other people too, but he's got a great studio there uh, just north of Birmingham where we did all of Let's Get Out of Here. And we started a new one. Just It was actually just kind of like uh, a continuance of Let's Get Out of Here and called it Until After Then, that track that you just played. Actually, it's funny that it's the first cut and title cut on the CD, but it wasn't recorded until almost uh, we were into mixing everything and i and i didn't have a song and i thought well this is such a strange phrase i need to write a song to make it uh, understandable to uh, anybody who cares to listen so yeah. i got up at 5:30 in the morning about 2 days before we finished mixing and wrote this thing and had matt slocum uh come in and put some keyboards with me me and david and matt uh put down that track in two takes and I, I wrote lyrics to it after the track was done like I did on many of these on the new one uh, I had some lyrics on some of these tunes but uh, many of them I, I waited till uh, I had the tracks before I even began the lyrics that's cool that's, that's cool that's a cool thing and you wrote you wrote all the songs on the album except for the song She Was There uh, which was written by your brother Gary um, yeah Talk, talk talk a little about uh, Gary and, and and the song that he wrote, please. Well, Gary, um, he's my younger brother, and uh, he's a great photographer, and that's what, how he's uh, made his living through the years. But uh, he's always messed around with guitar, and uh, he's got an acoustic around the house all the time, and, and he's written. And uh, Actually, if he'd pursued that, um, he would have been... Uh, probably able to make a living doing that too as much as anybody can you know that goes yeah. Uh, yeah. but anyway he chose a, a more um, economically purer path than I did and uh, he uh, I've got uh, he's been sending me songs for the past year I think and uh, I've got a folder on him that he, when he sends me a song I'll put it into Gary's songs folder and uh I've got 18 or 20 of them now, and this one I just loved. Um, I edited a little bit here and there. I changed the key, and I did a little different tuning on the guitar, and, 
and all that, but it's his song, and I didn't want to even put my name on it because uh, he joined ASCAP, and uh, I signed him to my publishing company, and all of a sudden he's a professional songwriter. That's Overnight. Cool. Overnight, just like that. The album yeah. is Until After Then. The song is written by Gary Talton, and this is Tommy Talton, and she was there.
then she was there uh, written by his brother Gary uh, if I'm counting right Tommy this is um, the fourth album under your name uh, and it would be the 13th overall including the two that you did with uh, you, the two you appeared on with Greg is that right something like that um, I going all I, the way back oh um, you mean well you what a, I, there's all the yeah. cowboy albums too yeah 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 uh, uh, is, that, is that what you mean? I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That would, that, yeah, that, that's basically what I meant. Going back to, uh, actually, um, uh, yeah, going back to the early cowboy stuff. There were uh, four, were there four or five cowboy albums, and um, laid back with Greg, and of course I played on Dickie Betts' uh, uh, solo first solo album too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And then, you know, go, I mean, actually the first one was we, the people. Um, and then yep. you had reach, yep. Reach for the sky, which is where I found you. Uh, and then the best of cowboy and then the cowboy album. And then, uh, yeah, there were two more after that, the two Gregs. I forgot about the Dickie Betts. Um, yeah. And I did two albums with Billy Joe Shaver too. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, uh, with Bonnie Bramlett too. Ah, see, I forgot all about those. Yeah, so it's even more than that. Talk about this recording session. I mean, I know you, you had actually said her just a little bit ago, uh, you know, it was sort of the um, continuation from the last album. But do do the, do the sessions still uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Do you still um, anticipate going into the studio? Do you get nervous at all when you're going into a studio? Uh, or is it just, you know, second nature for you at this point? Oh well, it's so it's really where I love to be. I, I no, I don't get nervous at all. I look forward to it. To me, it's like uh, walking into a toy store and, uh, mm-hmm. and or a, maybe a. Uh, it's like walking into a studio to paint a picture, you know, and all the sure. all the different colors are just sitting there waiting to be used. And uh, it's yeah, I love it. Um, in being in the studio and creating something new and and especially with all the uh, technical advancements that are available now. Um, it's so it's just wonderful to be able to go in and uh, get it all out, you know. Um, Do you rather uh, be in the studio or on stage? Oh, I'd much rather be in the studio. Um, okay. um, playing on stage is wonderful. Um, it's, um, it's like hours and hours and hours of... Um, the junk you got to go through for that one hour on stage that's the problem <laughs> yeah yeah 
when you're act, when I'm actually on stage, I love that probably as much as the studio. But um, you know, uh, there's as I just said, there's hours and hours, days of travel and um, this and that. Sure, um, sure. In the studio, you can relax and and um, and get out what you really feel at the moment. And um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, you know. Uh, you feel different at different times, of course. But uh, I would say overall, I would cho- if I had to choose one or the other, I would choose the studio for sure. Interesting, interesting. Uh, on the album, Tommy is on vocals, guitars, and dobro. Uh, Matt Slocum and Kenny Head both uh, play organ on some of the songs. Frankly, Frankie Natola, David Hood, and John Jackson on bass. David Keith, Bill Stewart, and Pete Wenner on drums. Uh, Kevin, Kelvin Holly, uh, John Kalinich, and Rick Hirsch uh, add guitars throughout the album. Billy Earhart uh, adds some piano and organ. Brad Gwynn on sax. Ken Waters on trumpet. Brad Peoples on upright electric bass. Uh, Brandon. N.C. Thurman. Brandon. Uh, Brandon. Brandon. You're right, Brandon. I'm I'm looking at the name Brandon, and I'm <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> N.C. Thurman uh, add some pianos and vocals. Uh, it was uh, recorded at Gintown Studios in Graysville, Alabama, and uh, one of the songs was recorded at Studio H2O in Mobile, Alabama. Um, yeah, that's Rick Hirsch, uh, Rick Hirsch's studio down at his house in Mobile on the Dog River down there. Uh, Rick, uh, you may know of from uh, the original Wet Willie band. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. And we're going to play the song from that uh, session in just a couple of seconds. Uh, in January, um, you, you're heading down to Florida. Tell us what the 30A Songwriters Festival is all about. Um, it's, a, it's a cool little festival. It's gotten. It's. It's. Uh, this will be, I think, my third year there, and uh, it has, in the past three years, tripled. I'm sure. It, it, let me see. What would it be? It's doubled every year. It almost seems like. Wow. Uh, it's a it's a very very large festival now this year, and uh, it was wonderful last year. Uh, I think this year Graham Nash and uh, Leon Russell will be there too, and um, uh, I forget the whole lineup. It's not really even all out yet. Uh, it's uh, January seventeenth. Yeah. 17, 18, 19, I forget. Do you, do you yeah, I the, think it's 16, 17, 18, or 17, 18, 19. I don't have the exact dates in front of me, um, but I yeah, saw that on your on your website. Uh, yeah, looks, down uh, at Santa Rosa Beach, uh, Grayton Beach, uh, um, the Highway 30A was a little, like a little horseshoe off of Highway 98 down there. And, uh, okay. And there's like over 150 different singer-songwriter artists uh, um, who play different venues all along that that little highway. Cool. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's uh, for um, I forget what the tickets cost. It's fairly expensive, but but then again, um, you're seeing, like I said, 150 different people. Um, that's 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 it's interesting. Interesting. I'm gonna have to look into that a little bit more. Find out more about it. I doubt this year, but maybe maybe down the line. Um, I, I do. We just mentioned uh, you know the recurse thing, and, and this, on this song you play uh, your dobro work is featured, which I've always dug. Um, tell us about "I Love You a Little." Uh, 
Well, it's it's. Uh, I was down with Scott Boyer, my my buddy from Cowboy. We were doing a gig, uh, and N.C. Thurman, who you mentioned on piano, the three of us were doing a trio thing at um, down in the Mobile and Pascagoula, Mississippi area, and uh, back in August, August fifth and sixth, and uh, no, August eight, nine, ten, somewhere along in there. And we were staying at Rick's house, and one night uh, NC started playing some Professor Longhair licks, and my dobro was right there. I picked it up, me and Rick picked up his electric guitar, and we just started uh, messing around with a tune, you know, and uh, all of a sudden I started spouting out lyrics, and uh, before we knew it, there was a song there, and we said, well, let's go downstairs and record it, and <laughs> went down and put it down, and... I'll tell you a little secret here. It's just between you and me. Um, Frankie Natola on bass. Yep. Um, he shows up every once in a while. That's my alter ego. Um, ah. If you rearrange Natola, you'll see that it says Talton. Okay. Okay. Frank is my first name. So That's, yeah. Frankie Natola shows up every once in a while to play a little bass. So, uh I That's, put the bass part on after we had that, and, and uh, Rick called up a drummer, Pete Wayner, who lives in Mobile, uh, who's a great drummer. I'd never even met him, and he called him up at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, and I said, are you kidding me? He's going to come over here at this time of night, and he doesn't have a gig. What's going on? So anyway, he did. He came over and put drums on it after we put down the uh, all the other instruments, and suddenly there was another track, so... That's how it was born. Okay, and everybody that's listening and everybody that's going to listen to the podcast from now on, don't tell anybody that Tommy just told us that secret. Yeah, Frankie Natola, okay. he's actually yeah. from New Jersey. Yeah, it's, it's it's all of our little secrets, so we'll keep it yeah. keep it hush-hush. Tommy yeah. Talton from Until After Then, and love you a little. Take it on the road anywhere can be home. 
Hello there, this is Steady Rollin' Bob Margolin. You're listening to my friend Vinny Bond Marini. Music on the couch. Musicians, you should know. A little uh, fun, little ditty there. Love you a little from Tommy Music. Talton off of Until After Then. Um, you uh, did, did, did the CD release party up in New York City uh, the week uh, the Allman Brothers were there for their final shows. Um, which they did at the Beacon Theater. Um, yeah. You got to hang with them for a little bit up there. I think he mentioned in an email when we were talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was up there. Uh, I did my uh, CD release party at B.B. King's in the afternoon there, and then Saturday night went round to see them at the Beacon and uh, dug that and dug the energy and uh, the sad and the and the goodness of it all and talked to J-Mo and Derek and Greg and all of them and uh, wished them well. And they were all just buzzing from the uh, emotional ups and downs of those last few gigs, you know? Yeah. I asked you in an email and, uh, you know, uh, do you really think it's over? Um, well, you know, as, as much as anything is, over, over. I can't speak for them, but um, right. they they are. Um, yeah, they. It's pretty much over. I'd say. I mean, like, who knows? I mean, like, uh, you know, the the Who got back together after years, and everybody right. else always comes back around, except for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> They're probably all pissed at uh, old Robert Plant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, there's uh, there's been you, you know, know because there was, yeah, there were stories about you know. Uh, you know, Greg keeping it going and Joe Bonamassa coming in and guitar and then, you know, them doing a search for young unknown guitar players and, and the like, you know, Greg's health has been, you know, uh, up and down recently in, in recent years. Um, yeah, just, I guess for, uh, from this, you know, diehard Almond Brothers fan, it's just hard for me to imagine that, you know, I, I won't have a chance to see them ever again. So it's kind of sad, uh, sad thing, you know, cause I, I mean, the first yeah. time I saw them was, I think it was 72, late 71, early 72 on Long Island. So I got to see the original band and then saw them at different ver- different steps, you know, over the years. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting concept, you know, how so many years they've been together. You just say, how can they just look away? But I guess eventually you have to. Well, you know, um, things changed. They had a mighty long, good, wonderful run and, uh, they haven't really walked away from music. They've just walked no. different paths. So um, sure. there's all. Uh, Greg's out there. Um, his health is is getting better, and uh, he's strong and out there playing the Greg Allman Band deals uh, right. in January, I think. And uh, of course, Derek's Derek and Susan are going, and Warren's going good. So uh, everybody's everybody's still doing it. And yeah. Just, no. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, when you're finalizing your albums, Tommy, do you, do you think about sequencing the songs like uh, it used to be done in the, with the vinyl? Oh, yeah, definitely. I uh, Just like when making a set list for a live show, uh, definitely, yeah. It's very important, um, the, the uh, order of the songs. Um, I do it uh, with a couple different things in mind. Um, I like to start... Uh, well, in a recording, it's it's good always to you know 
catch the listener's ear and uh, start with something a little up-tempo and uh, uh, perky and grab the ear. And uh, I I also like to go in terms of what key the song is in, like, um, for instance, the first uh, song on this one, Until After Then, is in the key of E minor, and, and it ends on an E minor chord. And the four chord of that, musically speaking, is the A. And so the next tune, Real Sugar, goes into a major key and brings the uh, the listener up into a major key from a minor and uh, goes into the A key of A. And um, generally I try to follow it that way, you know, you... Um, you want cool. to take it on a smooth ride? Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I was, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just said if that makes sense to you. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine today um, who's working on his new album, and it'll be out uh, in uh, January, and actually he's going to be on the show the first week in January, I think it is. And uh, he's actually going to do something different uh, on his album this time. He's actually going to have a side A and a side B. On the track listing, yeah. he's going to list yeah. them that way. Uh, and he I said, thought of he's, that. "It's funny. I thought of that the other day that that it would be a fun thing to do." Yeah. And he said he's actually going to put a bigger gap between the last song on side A and the first song on side B, so it's it almost simulates, you know, that 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 when in, with vinyl where you had to take the album and lift it off and turn it over, so you had a little bit of a you know, a gap right. of time in there. Um, and, I, and I just, I thought it was, I just thought it's a, you know, a wonderful idea and I can't wait for him to do it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It. Yeah. And, uh, uh, speaking of gaps in between songs, are you, do you, did you see what happened on the end of this one? I did. And we're going to actually going to close your segment with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a 15 second gap between, um, the last listed song and the bonus track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to play the 15 second gap, but yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. I, you know, you know, when I first put it in, and I'm listening to it, and I'm going, okay, but it says bonus, and then, oh, there it is. Uh, so they, yeah, it's that's funny. Yeah, talk about talk about you know from a musician standpoint and from an artist standpoint, the whole bonus track um, kind of thought process behind that. Well, um, I guess it all, uh, the bonus track idea, uh, I would assume, kind of started, grew from the idea of like, you know, you put your, you pick your songs that you're going to finally uh, use on whatever particular album you're you're doing at the time, and there's always a couple songs you go, damn, I wish there was, there was time to put this one on there too, you know. Well, there is, you know, why don't we just sneak it in at the end, and if somebody hears it, they hear it, and if they don't, they don't. But uh, it's kind of like just a little surprise that uh, I guess that's where it came from, though, just that uh, um, not being able to decide whether to put it on or not, so you kind of hide it, and if somebody finds it, then... uh, then they were supposed to hear it, you know. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like if fate would have it, then they will hear it, you know. Right. Yeah. It's a. It's not listed on the album jacket, but it, you do have it on the uh, the booklet on the inside, on the back cover of the booklet on the inside. So you've got to, yeah. you know, make sure you look at the back cover to be able to see it, and it's you know, um, sort of tucked away with within the thanks 
uh, area. So that's a that's a that's a cool little thing. Um, uh, Tommy Talton. Uh, Totally a musician. You should know the website is TommyTaltonBand.com. The new album is entitled Until After Then. Tommy, you know, you know how much I appreciate you coming back with new music. And, um, you you know, we still we still haven't had a chance to meet, but we've got to make that happen real soon. uh, Yeah, I need to to get over and, and play in your general area over there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be wonderful. Um, you know, it's uh, just just uh, you know, I was talking in the chat room, and uh, one of our my all time, you know, somebody's in the chat room all the time, Chris, you know, and I both, you know, said, yeah, we go back to the, you know, that the, the cowboy days, you know. I mean, I was playing. I've told you this. I was playing cowboy on my radio show back in college at RIT. Uh, you know, yeah. and I was playing it. I was playing it. I was playing it. At one point, they were saying, "You're gonna play cowboy on every show you do," and I said, "If I feel like it." <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, it's well, been very cool it. having. You. Yeah, it's been very cool having you, Tommy. And good luck with this album. Uh, it's in again. It's entitled "Until After Then." Uh, it goes into my special collection because it's got your signature on it. So uh, put that away. Leave a little note on the on the cover. I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. And uh, whenever you got something you need to talk about, you know where you can come. Wonderful, Vinny. I appreciate it very much. I hope you enjoy the the music, and I hope um, everybody else does too. Absolutely. This is the bonus track from Until After Then. It's called Surfing the Levee.
Tommy Talton, the bonus track from his Until After Then album, and Surfing the Levee. This is Gracie Kern of the Highfalutin Band, and you're listening to Vinnie Bomberini's Music on the Couch, Musicians You Should Know. Aaron Harp and the Delta Swingers bring you their unique brand of dance music dubbed Charles River Delta Blues, and it's rooted in vintage 1930s Mississippi Delta Blues. It evokes a southern juke joint with whiskey and gin are flowing and everybody's dancing. With their new album on Vistone Records, Love Whip Blues, Erin and her band bring you five originals and five covers, as only they can do it. They'll be returning to Memphis in January to compete in the 2015 IBC. Erin Harp and the Delta Swingers. Pick up Love Whip Blues, buy the album, and find out more about the band at erinharp.com. E-R-I-N-H-A-R-P-E dot com. landmark home of Muddy Waters is in danger of being lost. The one-time home of the father of the Chicago blues whose music influenced the world needs to be preserved as a place of education. Please go to www.morganfieldfoundation.org and pledge your support and help save the original House of Blues. Before I be your dog, I get to wait out here, and I make you walk I have a question for you. Just in case you needed it, where could you find four different recipes for cornbread? Answer in the Cooking with Heart fundraising cookbook. Order yours today at shopbluesfoundation.org. 100% of the proceeds go to the Blues Foundation's Heart Fund, which assists musicians and their families with medical needs. Yeah, I go and get your uh, heart cookbook. Uh, some cool, cool stuff in there, let me tell you. Uh, next week, I welcome onto the couch Chris Duarte, whose new album is entitled Lucky 13. And Lisa Mills is going to join me to chat about her life and career and the new album, I'm Changing. Michael O'Neill has a cool album out entitled, I Like It Like That. And I'm going to talk to him about his music and his life. And finally, uh, Scott Fiske, Dan Trainer, and Erica Brown from the Colorado Blues Society are coming by to talk about their new CD, which is benefiting their Blues in Schools program for the Colorado Blues Society. Dan and Erica are great couch kids, and when I saw that they were involved with this, I asked all three of them to come on and join me. That's next Monday, November 24th at 9 p.m. Central Time. Uh, remember again, I made the announcement earlier, the new website goes live pretty soon after the show ends tonight. I've got to just shut down the other one, move it to the side, and then uh, connect uh, the, the new one. It stays at musiconthecouch.com. The URL does not change. So, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about trying to find, uh, you know, a new URL with the site and everything. Uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, as I asked earlier, you know, go over to the contact page, and all the pages are listed along the top. Um, uh, and uh, leave me leave me a comment and tell me what you think of it. Uh, Jack Rowell Jr. has been playing Memphis soul and blues since he was 17 years old. He's taken his seat on the couch twice already, the first time in 2011, uh, and then he returned, returned when he released his album Sleeping with the Blues in 2012. He's got a brand new project uh, entitled The Royal Blues Band, 
featuring Jack Rowell Jr. They recorded at the legendary Royal Blue Studios with the infamous, legendary, infamous? I'm not sure infamous is the right term for him. Legendary Boo Mitchell behind the board. From that album, this is a Jack Rowell original entitled Baby Come Back. No, I love you so Please don't 
Yeah, new music. Royal Blues Band, Jack featuring Jack Rao, Baby Come Back. Hey, Jack, thanks for coming on the couch, baby. Oh, Vinny, thank you so much for inviting me back, man. I always, It's always a pleasure to be with you, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, tell us how uh, this whole project came about that you ended up at Royal and, uh, um, you know, you put, uh, you know, this whole band together. Talk about that for us, please. Well, uh, my good friend Jerry Williams and Boo Mitchell got together, and uh, they have been, uh, you know, they were, uh, have been big fans of my last uh, CD that I did, and uh, and they started hearing some of the music and everything that I was writing and trying to put together, and uh, they approached me and said, hey, what do you think about uh, y'all coming over here to Royal and uh, and uh, cutting a new CD, and uh, man, you know what an honor that was to just even be thought of to be able to go in the and be able to have the opportunity to work with Blue Mitchell is just absolutely amazing. And so that's sort of how it started out. And then um, as far as the getting the band together, uh, uh, you know, we have been playing together these jams and stuff at Neil's and stuff for a while. And uh, me and Buddy and Bo- Buddy Davis and Bob Horn and uh, Bill Marshall, Leo Goff and Mark Ross, you know, we have always been really great friends for a long time. And we have always had this desire to be able to uh, uh, do a, an album together. And, and those guys uh, worked on my first album, Sleeping with the Blues. And so we basically wanted to uh, do something with uh, three guitars and uh, and see how that would uh, uh, come about with the blues deal again. Because, you know, back in the day with the Almond Brothers and uh, and uh, now Shedeski and Trucks and stuff like that with about with a lot of guitar work and everything, we just thought it would be really cool and very timely to be able to bring back doing some three-part harmony guitars. So we got together and talked about it, and we started getting together like every Monday night at uh, uh, either Leo Goff's house or a friend of ours, Neil Harkavy's house, and do some recording. Uh, not really recording, but actually trying to get songs together for the recording. And mm-hmm. we did that for a quite we did that for quite a while, Vinny, uh, and uh, came up with the tunes that you're hearing on the CD. And uh, I mean, we're just really proud of this CD at the moment. Absolutely. Now you, you've been teasing on Facebook about a big announcement tonight, so I'm going to just jump right to it. You have an announcement <laughs> that you want to make, brother? Well, uh, not at the moment. What, what, what's actually happening is is we've got uh, some really really cool uh, things working. As um, uh, far as uh, uh, record labels, uh, uh, we have several different record labels looking at us at the moment, and uh, we're sort of in negotiation stages about trying to see who we want to maybe uh, really want us to, the, you know how it goes, uh, the, the best, and, and and see who's going to work and fit our format. And when that happens, then we'll have a big announcement of who, what record label will be going on. But uh, okay, well you uh, know, you know that you've that? got. I said, you know that uh, as a couch kid, you can have the top five minutes of the show whenever you may want to make that announcement. You know, just let me know, and you come back well, and you take well, the man, top five minutes and you make that. Well, man, you'll be the first one I contact for sure when that happens. You know that for sure. Cool. cool. Now, Absolutely. Uh, there's two songs on the album that you and your bride, uh, that you, your bride Terry, uh, or Sweet Tea as we all know her as, uh, <laughs> has writing credits on. One is as a co-writer with you, and then she's got one that uh, is all by herself uh, that's entitled right. Shimon. Yeah, Shimon. You know, Shimon. Um, as, Talk about yeah, that. Sort of, well, actually, you know, we used to have a joke that we used to have around the house about Michael Jackson 
is always singing. He can, he'll always go, you know, Shimon, Shimon. So anyway, it was just sort of like, I guess it's like a, a French kind of a thing saying come on or something, you know. But uh, uh, she uh, had this idea that she came up with and uh, and uh, uh, wrote the uh, song and came to me and said, oh, what do you think about this? And uh, uh, and it was just really cool. So we uh, that was one of the songs that we took into one of our rehearsals and uh, put an arrangement to it and everything else. And uh, she's a very talented, talented songwriter, yep, yep. that's for sure. Yeah. Now, the album is entitled Finger Lickin' Blues. Uh, it's the Royal <laughs> Blues Band featuring Jack Rowell Jr. And uh, this is the Terry Rowell song, Shimon. <laughs> Jack Rowell Jr., Shimon. Uh, the band is Buddy Davis on lead guitar. Uh, Leo Freytrain of Payne Goff on bass guitar. Bob Horn on lead yeah. guitar. 
Bill Marshall on drums, Mark Ross on keyboards, and Jack Rowell Jr. on lead guitar and lead vocals. Um, special guests on the album, Robert Nighthawk Toombs, Dave Smith, Chantel Norman Beatty, Beatty uh, Sharice Norman, and Candice uh, Rayborn Marshall. Uh, and the Royal Horns are on the album, and uh, Boo Mitchell uh, arranged the uh, Royal Horns. It was recorded at Royal Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. The producers are Lawrence Boo Mitchell, Jerry Williams, and Chris Cordovalis, uh, engineered by Lawrence Boo Mitchell. Uh, and um, it's just uh, it's just wonderful album. I, I was so thrilled when I heard that you were uh, going to be going there and doing and recording there. Uh, just uh, I know you probably sent chills up oh, uh, your spine. <laughs> just you know, just walking into the studio and everything with all the history and and all the people who's recorded there and everything. You know, right before uh, while we were doing the CD project, it took us a little bit longer to get it completed because Boo was so busy. You know, he uh, uh, did that Paul Rogers Royal Sessions. Right. Uh, and then he, he also did uh, uh, in the Boss Gags, and he had uh, Robert uh, Plant come in, and I had Bruno Mars and uh, Keith Richards, and they, you know so many different projects that was going on at that time, as well as him doing the uh, uh, soundtrack for the premiere of Take Me to the River, and so we were having to uh, work our uh, session work around that whole thing, but. Well, like I was saying, while we were in that studio, just to be able to capture that essence of uh, and presence of the people that's, that's recorded there previously before us, and us coming out of there as the Royal Blues Band, uh, them believing in us like they do, and everything from the from uh, Willie Mitchell Studios and everything has just been a, a complete uh, honor, and uh, I, I, we're just so happy about it. It's incredible. Now, this is really, you've only really done a soft release with this, right? I mean, this isn't, you haven't really started putting this out there really hard yet, have you? No, um, I'll be honest with you. You know, it's sort of like, you know, things happen and, you know, it's sort of like a timely kind of a thing is happening around. And uh, a lot of the, what's happening with a lot of record labels and and, and uh, people like that, they're sort of winding down the year of uh, this year, and then like in January, February, and March is when they really start getting back on track, and you know, the, getting real in, uh, wanting to uh, get behind bands and do the things that they're doing. And so there's a lot of uh, promotional things that we're trying to work at right now as well, trying to do some things on our own. But we're just trying to sort of, yeah, we uh, had our CD release party. We're selling our CDs on the gigs. You know, we're getting everything set up now to where we can do the iTunes and and uh, you know Amazon.com, all that stuff is going to be available there here just in the next couple of days. It takes a little bit of time to get that stuff happening, but we're sort of doing all that on our own right now, and, and sort of, and we're negotiating and talking to different re- re- uh, record labels at the time and right now, and trying to uh, figure out what would really be the best move for us and and uh, and what exactly what uh, they're looking out of us and what we're trying to find out what they can do for us as a band as well. And sure. uh, uh, but we have got some really really good things on the front burner, Vinny, and we're so excited about it. And uh, we're sort of busting at the uh, at the scenes, wanting to tell people about it, but we can't really say anything about it until it starts. It's a, it's a done deal. 
You know, sure. So. Um, well, I one of my one of my friends is in the chat room, Cool Breeze, and uh, she, I, I don't know if you know Cool. Uh, she does a couple of shows. One of them is on uh, blues102.com, and then she's got uh, she's on a couple of other radio stations. Um, but uh, she just asked, you know, who's working the CD? I don't think I've received this one yet. Cool. I want you to go over to Jack Rowell Jr. and ask to be his friend on Facebook. And then Jack, when Cool Breeze asks to be your friend, accept her friendship, and she'll get give you her contact information and get an album out to her because she'll play it. Oh, for absolutely, and you'll, get, man. you'll get a lot. You'll get a lot. You'll get a lot of listens uh, through Cool. She's uh, she's oh, a good lady, yeah. and uh, she 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 knows how to promote music on her shows. So. Well, man, that, see, that's exactly what we're trying to look, we're looking for, and everything. And I thank you for. Uh, Turn this on to that, Vinny, and I'll, I'll really be looking for uh, for her and uh, and see if we can't get that thing because you know uh, it's very important for us to be able to get our music out there for people to hear it and stuff. Sure. And uh, and uh, it is it's just a, a uh, you know I've been doing this for a long time and this is probably one of the best things uh, personally I've ever done musically and I'm really really proud of this record. I really am. Well, yeah, I mean, you you know, your last two, you know, your last two records, you know, you've sort of taken very big steps with them. And, uh, you know, you, you know, I mean, I, I take all the credit for it because it's all since you met me. But uh, no, that's no, exactly, that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I could have done it without you, brother. You were yeah, the one who yeah, put me out there first. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, you do some great covers <laughs> on here. Uh, you do the same. Cook Change is going to come. And uh, Mick Colossus is also in the chat room tonight. And um, he asked if I was going to play uh, the Willie Dixon song because he said uh, he just loves what you do. With spoonful, so um, oh man, thank you. what an awesome guy! I love Mick. He's so he's yeah. an awesome guy, and he's got an incredible CD out as well. You know, I, yes, I he is, and CD. he's going back in the studio in in January to start working on his next one. So there you go. Um, well, you know what? I think that's what we all do. You know, I mean, right now we're in the process of uh, we almost got uh, enough material right now to go right back in the studio again to do the next one. So I think that's what we should all be uh, doing. You know. Uh, uh, just keep on moving forward and keep on writing songs and just having a good time with our music, but putting music out there that people can really enjoy and keeping the blues alive. You know, I, Absolutely. I think that's the main thing. And that's what you do, man, on your show yeah. and stuff. And all the people listen to your show quite often and checking out what's going on and everything. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate the work and, uh, and your diligence, uh, always doing something for the blues and making that happen. You know, it's, no, it's, you know, it's my deal. it's my honor. You know, you know, I've told you this a million times. It's my honor to be able to to give you all a, a place to be able to talk about it. Um, you know, in your own voice. Um, and Frank Rosak's also in the chat room. He wanted to say hi, but uh, we're gonna, so so there you go. But this is from Finger Licking Blues, the Royal Blues Band featuring Jack Rowe Jr. Their take on the Willie Dixon song Spoonful.
asked me if I was going to play Spoonful because it just blows him away and honestly that version convinced him not to do it on his next album and (laughs) seriously he put it in the chat room and when the song started playing uh, Cool said I love it when they take a song and own it Uh, Chris yeah baby Uh, you know um, uh, let's see uh, 
uh, slider, powerful version. Um, you know, it's it's just uh, yeah, Nick said I heard Jack do this at live a couple of months ago at their release party, and he smiled his butt off. Because uh, you own that song, brother. You own that song. It might be a Willie song, oh, but thank you, you right, so much, that's man. that's a Jack Rouse song right there. So congratulations on it. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Well, you know, man, I tell you what, I got to brag on my band for a minute if it's okay. You know, I got Bill oh, Marshall yeah. uh, playing drums with me, you know, and he was with the Bama band with Hank Jr. for so many years. And uh, he's just an ultimate professional drummer. I tell you, you know, he's won uh, uh, many accolades of being the best, you know, one of the best drummers in the whole uh, world. You know, mm-hmm. he's played with yep. uh, Ringo Starr with everybody that you can ever imagine, you know, on gigs and stuff. And, uh, had that opportunity to have him with his arrangement abilities behind the drums and with along with Leo Goff, uh, we call him the freight train of pain, and you're familiar with Leo. You know, mm-hmm. he uh, plays probably on 95% of all the blues sessions in Memphis, Tennessee, and to have him be a part of my band and, uh, and what he contributes to the uh, CD and everything has just been absolutely wonderful. And then uh, I have uh, the great Bob Horn, who used to be with the uh, – the famous unknowns uh, with Mark Stallings, who had a big blues band for years uh, that were out playing all those big blues festivals and circuit. And then he had a tragic accident. And, uh, and uh, of course, Bob, me and Bob's been knowing each other for years and us to be able to get back together to collaborate uh, together uh, guitar-wise and musically is incredible. And then, of course, then there's Buddy Davis, who... Uh, uh, wrote all the songs and everything that were the hit songs for Target with our uh, late great friend of mine, Jimmy Jameson. He just passed away, but uh, mm-hmm. we got um, a buddy there. Just uh, man, and me and Buddy got together and wrote a song on the CD together as well. And it's just uh, really a great song. And then I have Mark Ross, who's been playing keyboards with me now uh, almost for 28 years, and. Uh, and what he brings to the table, just absolutely wonderful. And then, like earlier, like you were saying, like Robert Nighthawk, he came in and played some B3 organ and stuff on the uh, my CD, and you just can't beat him when it comes to B3. He's just a master at that. Yeah, yeah, And yep. then we had, man, you know how Robert Nighthawk is. He's just incredible he's in the guy chat room. anyway. He's in the chat room. He popped in the chat room right in the middle of Spoonful. He's sitting in the chat room right now. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, I tell him I love him. I love you, Robert, man. Uh, and also as well as uh, then we had, you know, uh, uh, the uh, horn section, the high rhythm horn section. It was just been, you know, when they came in and played and uh, uh uh, Boo got them in and, uh, to do what they did and everything else. So, you know, just what an awesome honor to have those guys on there, too. And then, uh, uh, and of course, then uh, with the girls, you know, the Norman sisters. Chantel. Chantel and Cerise and Candice. Absolutely. Right, you know, they've been, yeah, yeah uh, and they've been, you know, they're the ones that did, the, you know, the background vocals and stuff for Al Green and, and uh, and uh, many many more at uh, Paul Rogers CD and everything else. So having them, all these different people, the collaboration of these different folks and musicians on the uh, this CD has just been an awesome blessing. You know, yeah. I mean, I just yeah. I can't tell you how great it's been. Yeah, the way the way that opens up with uh, you know that heavy. Now it, it, that's Bob on slide, right? 
Yeah, Bob Horn's playing slide guitar. Yeah, Bob, Bob, mm-hmm. I thought Bob was on slide. Yeah, I just want to make sure people understood that. And Mick just put in the chat room, you know, Leo was with the buddy Miles Express and played with Little Milton and Jeff Beck. And, you know, I mean, it's just, there's just no one. Absolutely. You know, Leo, Leo on bass guitar is just, just to watch this big man just make that guitar just do whatever he wants, wow, whether man, it's, his, whether it's his upright electric or, or, you know, his regular bass guitar. He's just, he's a special guy. Uh, and he's oh, he big. is, man. And, and, yeah. and, you know, he's a real blues guy, too, Benny. You yeah. know, he just yeah. really knows how to get in that groove and just dig it, dig that groove out, you know. It's just good. Mm-hmm. And also I want to say, uh, holler out kudos to Dave Smith as well. He, play, he came in and played on one of our songs, and John Leo had to uh, work overtime one day. He couldn't make it, so we got Dave to come in. And he did a fantastic job on the song that he cut as well. But uh, no, just, uh, I mean, no. just having all these guys as friends and willing to mm-hmm. come in and play and do the things that we do to create uh, music, it's just been awesome. Well, you know, I mean, and, and uh, you know, I hold a special place in my heart for Robert and, and Leo. They're the, the only two people who have ever actually done a Monday night show live with me in the same room when they came to the house in Olive Branch to do the show, um, sitting around my dining room table and uh, – Getting to so going see, to going to see uh, I, Eric Hughes band at uh, Alfred's one night, and Robert uh-huh. unloading his van and you know saying hello to him, and all of a sudden being engulfed in these big arms and and thinking it's going to be the biggest hug I've ever gotten in my life until I walked in the door and Leo Goff turned around and went, <laughs> "You're Vinny, aren't you?" and just like you know just surrounded me. It was like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> well, see, that's what's special about all these guys and everything. Yeah. Else. I mean, they're master, they're master musicians but their hearts and their spirit of who they are and everything just they're just it's just phenomenal you know i mean i just don't know how blessed that you me or any of us that is even associated with those kind of guys all right we were just god has blessed us man he's put those people in our lives to be a blessing and and you too uh, and you too so let's not forget about you because you're 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 you know and this turned into a love fest folks but i'm sorry these are my these are my memphis these are my Memphis boys, and I can't be anything but prouder for them, because um, <laughs> I just, you know I love I love what they do, and they've they accepted me when I came to this town. You know when I started getting out, uh, you know four years ago, these people didn't know who the hell I was, and they just accepted me because they 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 saw the love of the music I had. Um, and oh, absolutely, just, man. Man, I you know, tell you, something else, my brother. I appreciate you. Really you. Are. You're, you know, I mean, you're, you're a blessing to, uh, you know, you're an avenue uh, for us to be able to, to be a blessing to others. But, you know, if you didn't have the, what you're doing and everything else, you know, this wouldn't be uh, what it, you know, it wouldn't even be here to, to be able for people to be able to tap in and catch what you do. And you opened up so many different avenues for so many different people. And you put our music in out there and you talk to us and you're real. And uh, I think that's what really what makes it the difference in uh, a lot of things is people want something real and tangible, and that's what you give us. And it's, just, it's uh, incredible. It's like we now say here, you know, live, uncent- uncut, and uncensored conversations with musicians you should know because you all need to say it in your words, and I just give you that avenue, and it's my, my pleasure. If you go to Facebook and you uh, do a search for Royal Blues Band featuring Jack Rowell Jr. You'll find their face, their page on Facebook, uh, and that's where you can follow them and get information on them. Uh, I'm presuming there'll be a, a website coming up pretty soon, or you're going to yes. uh, incorporate your website into this at some point. We're but probably right- going to do a little, 
a little both, Vinny. And also, too, I was going to tell you, on our Royal Blues uh, band page is, is if uh, anybody's interested in getting a copy of the CD or whatever, just tell them to contact me or just message me or whatever, and I'll be sure to be able to get that to them with no problem whatsoever. Well, uh, uh, Breeze has told me she's already left you a message on your inbox on your your Facebook page. So you guys do awesome. what you got to do and get it together. And uh, like Absolutely. I said, she'll she'll start playing you. Um, we're gonna end the show with one last song uh, from the Royal Blues Project. Uh, uh, you wrote this one with Caleb Quay, Roger Pope, and Fred Gandy uh, talking about cru- talking about cruising with my baby. Tell us about the song, Jim. Right. Uh, uh, you know, Caleb Clay, you know, he was, uh, you know, the guitar player for Elton John, and he recorded with uh, Paul McCartney and uh, uh, Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck and everybody that you can ever imagine. Uh, me being able to get, uh, collaborate with him to do this song has just been an unbelievable blessing as well. He's That's a great awesome. man. Uh, you know, all the luck in the world. Can't wait to see you again real soon. Um, tell Sweet T, who I heard in the background there, uh, I send my love. To, I send my love to her, and uh, okay. to all y'all out there. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, until oh, next week, be safe and share the blues. This is uh, the Royal Blues Band with Jack, featuring Jack Rowe Jr. and cruising with my baby.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.